it does not make any sense to buy a home and sit on it for three years and then sell it. All right, guys, welcome back to the Mac podcast. And today I'm going to dive in deep. Just uh, this is a solo podcast. So we're going to I just got like get asked the most random questions. And it's like one keeps coming up right now that I just want to answer on here so everyone can benefit from it. And and it's like, should I buy a home now or should I wait? And <laughs> it's funny and simple as that seems. I, I It seems simple to me, but not to everybody. I found uh, some posts. Dave Ramsey's posting this a lot right now. So maybe that's why I'm getting asked about it. And Dave Ramsey uh, posts, you know, you know, should I be buying a house right now or wait for mortgage rates to go down? And he's also got some other posts out there, you know, like now is the time to buy. And, you know, is he right? I think he's right. I think there's a timing it's right, but it's still really unaffordable. And I think most people can't afford a mortgage, let alone if they can't pay rent. If you think the rent's high right now, we are the biggest spread in history, literally in history between homeownership, a mortgage and renting. So that means that if you're renting a class A apartment for a couple grand a month and you think that buying a home is going to be more affordable or the best investment you ever make and that your bills aren't going to rise substantially, then you are not reading what's happening in the headlines and or um, there's a reason people aren't buying. And then it's super unaffordable right now to buy. Is it the best time to buy if you're if you're able to financially be ready? I think so. But you know, here's some of the things that like Dave's saying, and I'm, I'm just going to, I don't know that I completely disagree with everything, but I do disagree with a handful of things. And um, I think people find it more unaffordable than ever. And I don't think that affordability will come for a while, if ever. <laughs> and it might be just a better choice for you to rent and to invest in something. And so um, this whole podcast can be breaking down, you know, me, his, his takeaways. I'm going off an article. It's on Ramsey Solutions. Um, it's kind of like how the Fed, uh, Fed rates affect housing. And I'm just going to be going through this article a little bit and telling you what I agree and disagree. So um, kind of some of the key takeaways is um, you should buy a house now if you're prepared for financially. This is what he's telling people. Um, don't buy a house until you're debt free with a full emergency fund and a strong down payment saved up, basically. And then mortgage rates uh, may go down in 2024, but the difference won't be drastic. So um, so here's the big question. Should I buy a house or should I wait? Um, and he's telling everyone if you're, you know, you got the emergency fund and you have, uh, $50,000 in your account. Um, he's telling you that you should be pay, putting 20% down on the home. So if that's a $500,000 house. You should be putting a hundred thousand dollars down. And if, Otherwise, you're going to pay things he's he's naming in here like mortgage insurance, which is very expensive, right? Like you want to get off of mortgage insur- insurance as fast as possible. Um, and I wonder that Fannie Mae just came out of a product for two to four unit buildings where you can invest them beside yourself. And a question I'm asking myself, they only need 5% down. So they're saying that Fannie Mae in, uh, I think it was November 18th, came out with a product. Basically, you can buy two to four units. down only. So you don't only need that type of money down. What I don't know though is, is mortgage insurance needed? Jen, maybe you could search for that for me. Is mortgage insurance needed 
until you hit 20% down. Um, well, she's searching for that. We'll keep, we'll keep going here. And I, I just, I was just curious about that. Um, because if you are an investor and you, and you want to not buy a home, you're just going to rent where you live because it's drastically cheaper and you're going to put your money out and invest. Perfect time to do that. The best time, the biggest opportunity to grow net worth is right now with a product like the Fannie Mae that's 5% down. I'll figure out if the mortgage insurance part is, is part of that. But um, so I'm going to have to just disagree because yeah, you're going to put 20, so you're going to put a hundred grand down on this $500,000 house, which doesn't take much to hit $500,000 nowadays. Um, even in the Midwest where I'm, I'm up in North Dakota and I mean, a $500,000 house is not the fanciest type of home. So, um, but what do we, he goes on to say who, you know, we do know though, that the housing prices will keep going up. Uh, likely they always will and have in the history of basically the last 2000 years. So your best bet is to buy now, lock in the home's price before housing costs increase even further. Then if interest rates go down in a year or two, you can refinance to lower the rate. Pretty basic information, right? Like, yeah, you're going to lower your bills, but if you're going to go into a $400,000 mortgage um, and, you know, we can, I'll look up here right now what a $400,000 mortgage is. Plus you need the $100,000 down. Um, rates are still above, um, they're still above 7%. I think they'll, I think they're going to dive fairly quickly into the sixes, um, mid to high sixes through 2024, but I don't know that you're going to see. So, if you did a 30-year rate, um, if you did a 30-year rate, $400,000 mortgage, you're going to be looking at a $2,661 payment, not including you also have to provide insurance and you have to pay property tax. And you're likely, depending upon what state you have, you could add probably another 500 bucks a month to that. Um, I would say at least. So you're looking at $3,100 to $3,200 a month to go from that class A, maybe a two or three bed apartment into a $500,000 home. Plus you need the $100,000 down. How many years are really going to take before, you know, you get your investment back, right? Like it does not make any sense to buy a home and sit on it for three years and then sell it. It may go up in value, may go down in value with whatever, you know, interest rates is happening. That that's just a short-term solution. If you're actually going to buy a home and stay in it, you need to stay in it for minimum seven. I think it's more like 10 years before the investment actually pays off because likely when you bring that thing back to market, you're going to have to pay 6% worth of realtors to post, you know, list it. And then you're going to also pay, you know, a, probably a point or two in closing costs. So it's going to take you probably seven years before that actually makes financial sense to invest in a home. Um, and again, this is just stuff that I'm getting to I know that home prices have came down, but do not increase your bills at all because you're not going to find a house that matches your class A apartment or class B apartment. You're just not. You're going to have more amenities with the apartment. You're going to get a better lifestyle. You're going to be able to spend more time with your family because you're not going to have to fix up this house because, of course, now that you own it, you have to mow it. You have to clean it. You have to, you have to do everything around it, right? And when the roof goes bad, you're also going to have to replace it. So um, with an apartment, you're not going to have them stresses. I would say if it was me, I would tell everyone to go find an investment with that $100,000. 
you're likely to outproduce the returns that this house will have at any point. So anyway, there's my point of view, right? Um, and you take it for what it's worth. I know the American dream is to have home ownership. It's just, are you willing just to go into home ownership right now just because that's what everyone's telling you that you want, right? Or would you rather be a really big real estate investor in the next seven to 10 years instead of just buying that house? And maybe with the cash returns or the refinances that you would have invested in that, um, with that money, you could buy a home, right? So delay the gratification of buying the home, invest it, and then use the money from the investments to buy the housing that's not really necessary, but you now have the money to do it. Um, your income will be at a much different level, probably in the next seven to 10 years. Hopefully it will go up. And also your investment will be growing, giving you more money to buy the home. So there, that's what I would tell you. Um, unless you can somehow house hack your way to this, um, I would not tell you to just go buy a house because it's going to increase your bills. Now, if you can rent out bedrooms and you're going to do all these different ways and find ways of, to produce revenue, now I think you are on the right track, right? Like now you're building investments. You're not just building a bill. A house to the IRS, or I guess not to the IRS, but to, um, to let's just say the government, they do not see it as net worth, right? To the SEC, that's it's not part, it's something they back out. Like if you, if you own all your net worth in your home, just back that out. Like if that's your biggest investment now, you look at your net worth and hopefully you've made this. And if you haven't made that, make sure to go review like building your plan in 2024. I just did a podcast on that, like to have your greatest 2024 ever. Um, or go find it on Substack. We literally send out an email every Saturday morning on how you can change your life, how you can set yourself up for a great 2024 and like some tactical steps on how to do it. Make sure you subscribe to Substack. Um, and you can find that via my LinkedIn um, or usually I'm, you know, I put it out there. It's free content that you can consume. So it's in the description. Find that, click it. Just make sure you're getting that uh, every Saturday morning. Oh, okay. Um, and so, um, and now to get like back to where we're at, it's like you, you need to be building a net worth, right? Like this, this should be a whole tactical number for you. This should be a spreadsheet. You should be adding up all your investments and, and backing out all your liabilities um, and making sure that you're keeping a portion of your income for bills. So I'll agree with Dave on that. Make sure you, you know, paid off your credit card debts. Um, and that's where he's kind of going to next. He's like, pay off your debts, right? Student loans, credit cards, whatever, car notes. Um, and, and don't have big fancy cars in, in, unless you have a net worth. I'm just telling you, buy a five-year-old car. It's not worth having. Um, delay the gratification. I promise you, you'll appreciate it in five to 10 years. You may not appreciate it right now. Um, and you have a full emergency fund. Um, you know, a full emergency fund, I think, yeah, you should have three to six months of your bills living in your checking account. You just should. If you don't have that, I think like it's up to like 64% of Americans cannot pay a $1,000 emergency fund or like emergency bill that comes up. And that's like not good. What happens if you had a house and then you had that? Like <laughs> most of these people in that 64% probably do have a house, I'm guessing, or some do. And uh, they, they can't literally can't, their AC goes out, their, their furnace goes out, like they don't have money to actually fix it. So um, it could make it drastically worse if you own a home. 
um, you saved a strong uh, for a strong down payment. So he goes into, yeah, you need to save at least 5 to 10% or get creative financing and ask the sellers to cover that for you since it is a buyer's market right now. Um, and he's just saying, he goes on to say that, hey, if you can swing the 20% down payment, that's even better. Why? Because putting 20% down will keep you from having to pay the literally the private mortgage insurance, um, which is what we were talking about before. And I was trying to see if the Fannie Mae product... Uh, and, and the, because it's monthly, I mean, it's a monthly fee. So literally, if you're doing an FHA 3.5% down, you pay this mortgage insurance until you get 20%, right? And I think there's rules in there. You can refinance or evaluate that, but you want to get rid of that as quickly as possible. It's literally hundreds of dollars that get added to your payment. Um, and, and so, okay, so I had Jen look up something for me quick. And then um, it does say virtually every lender requires PMI coverage for conventional mortgages with a down payment less than 20%. So if you do go find, a, let's say, a duplex, triplex, fourplex, whatever, you're going to be paying the mortgage insurance. Now, when I say you, I mean your tenants, right? And if you, li or if you live in one of those units... This should be like the greatest product ever. You just figure it into the loan, right? Because this is an investment now. This isn't just the hundreds of dollars that you're going to pay out of your pocket because your house is not producing you any income. And it makes zero financial sense to buy a home right now, in my opinion. I, I do not think you should. And I think if you're going to save 20% down for everything, I don't think it should be in a house unless you are in a financial world where... You are down to buy a home and your investments, your net worth says that you're ready to buy a home, right? So, um, and, and you know, he, he goes on to say, you know, make sure you can afford the house payment too, right? Like we just did the $400,000, the $500,000 home where you're going to have $100,000 down plus the $3,200 a month, not including all the miscellaneous repairs. You know, that house is going to cost you probably $3,500 plus a month just in repairs and furnace filters and you name it that you got to fix now um, if things go wrong. And and believe me, houses take time too. I'm always doing something at our house and the thing's only six years old. It's just a door handle, you know, breaks or uh, the kid runs into the cabinet door, or stands on the cabinet door and busts it off. Like, yeah, it's my problem now. So if I was in an apartment, I'm, you know, probably have to pay that too. But <laughs> it's just saying that there's continual problems no matter where you live. So uh, especially in houses. And if you're going to be buying an old house, watch out for that. Probably figure in more like four grand a month if, if uh, you know, you just want to figure more bills in. Um, so you can afford the house payment, don't buy a house and the monthly payment, including the principal interest, homeowners insurance, and the HOA fees are on a 15 year fixed rate would be more than 25% of your take home pay. So you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, you can pay 25 grand towards your mortgage. Divided by 12, that would be $2,100 mortgage. So we're looking more like in the $300,000 range, um, which is a house that you're going to need to work on. Uh, oh, and he's going to a 15-year fixed rate mortgage. Well, jeez. Now you're looking at a $150,000 house um, plus the HOA fee. You're looking at a small townhouse. Likely you're going to lose a lot of amenities and your space is not going to be that much more um, within this house. 
and you can only spend 25% of your take-home pay. Pretty much factors out any house that's ever out there right now, like unless you're going to like a tiny home or a trailer house or something that I don't know about. Um, I'm even in North Dakota. I would tell you that, I mean, <laughs> if you had a $100,000 job around here and you had a 15, well, we got to figure out what this is. Let's go, let's go with the $500,000 house. We're putting a hundred down. We got, let's go instead of a, let's go six and a half interest rate. Um, cause it's a 15 year note. Now we're paying $3,500 a month. Um, plus we got the, we got insurance and we have taxes. We're going to go 500 on that. So we're at four grand. Um, let's see what I need to make. So four grand, at least four grand times 12. And then we're going to go times four. So I'm going to have to make at least $192,000 in take-home pay. Um, and he's saying, uh, I don't know if take-home pay is net or gross, but I mean, realize you're paying taxes on that. So if if we're saying net, you need to make $250,000 a year in a household and th figuring in 30% taxes you could afford the $100,000 down and a $400,000 mortgage and basically be at Dave's level. <clears throat> Plus, you got to have all your credit cards paid for and everything else. So this could happen because you, you got to realize, too, that, okay, if you're, if you're 50, yeah, this makes sense. But think about, like, okay, now you have life happening, right? You leave college. You got all these student loans. Okay. It's going to take you three years to dig out of those if you really get aggressive with it, right? Like everyone pushes those on. We had COVID happen. Um, everyone just pushes the pushes the freaking pushes them down the way because they get deferred payments and then they can keep more money and spend more money. Well, <clears throat> so how long does it take? And then okay, you're three. Let's say you're six years in. You get rid of the student loans. Well, now what happened? Now you're, you know, maybe you're twenty. Six, eight, thirty, whatever you are, you graduated college, you got student loan paid for. Now you got a family, probably, or you're thinking about one. Um, and then goes what? Then it's like, oh, well, now I'm thinking kids. Okay. Now it's like, dang, I got my credit. Now, now I got my savings. Now I got to spend it on a wedding. Now I need to get kids in the mix. And now I need to have savings accounts for each one of them. Um, anyway, but life keeps going on, right? And then you get three, four kids in the mix. Life's just going to get more expensive as you go. And I don't think that this is a realistic way that like you're going to find affordability in housing. I don't think you'll ever find that buying a house makes a whole lot of sense um, unless you can get into one much different way than Dave has planned on this article anyway. Um, because he's, he's just basically saying getting you into fixed rate debt, which is great over time. I'm just trying to say, is the hundred grand worth it and the four hundred grand payment trying to afford that with twenty five percent at a fifteen year mortgage? I just don't think that many people can get attracted to that or even accomplish that. And they're going to take thirty year loans. Like people are just going to. Um, now, this is very good advice. It's not realistic though. Um, I don't think people are making the kind of money that um, unless you're coming out of college with a really good job. Uh, you'd have to be making 250 grand if you're single or uh, you and your spouse, 250 grand uh, jointly, which I think then you would have more bills. So you're going to need to make more like 300 grand together in order to afford that $400,000 mortgage at a 15 year note. So um, I just, just don't, I, I don't see it. I don't see why you would want to do that. 
I think if you were to do the same timeline and you invested it in in a house hack, meaning a two to four unit deal that you could live in one unit and and stretch out your bills and and hopefully with the fixed rate debt on that, your bills your bills will stay the same, your debt, your mortgage, right? But your revenue will actually keep going up. So you can take a 30-year mortgage on a uh, I don't know if that Fannie Mae product, again, offers that. I don't know much about that loan. I haven't done it. Um, but just say a conventional mortgage on a fourplex, which you can get. Um, you know, the power of fixed rate debt is in 10, 15 years down the road, right? Like now your your bills have remained the same. Revenues have actually increased because everyone's getting charged more rent every year. If you're If you're renting, you know the last few years have been really painful. And uh, it's still... I think rent has a big way to catch up. I think home affordability is going to come down slightly, but I think rent's going to keep climbing. So um, I, I just see the power of fixed rate debt having way more on the investment side than you ever building net worth on your on your homeowner's side. Um, so here he goes. Uh, how do you you know how do federal interest rate hikes affect the mortgage rates for buyers? So. Um, he just goes in to show you know most of this country I think. 60%, it's over 50%, have a rate locked in lower than 4%. That's in the last two years, a lot of people refinanced. And there's a lot of people out there, the baby boomers who are retiring, that don't have any debt at all. Like they didn't take on any debt. I don't know why they wouldn't have done that at 2%, but they just didn't. Um, they probably didn't understand debt to begin with, and maybe they're reading Dave, Dave Ramsey, but it, you can imagine if they would have took out a little bit of debt at 2.5%, um, I know I, I had my house paid for. I thought that was the American dream, right? Like, and, and that was great. Like, I, I wanted my residence paid for. But when rates in the 15-year note went down to like two and a quarter to two, um, I had to cash in. I had to go like 50% leverage and, and cash in to get a little bit of cash out. I just like, can I make more than two to two and a quarter percent on my money? That's what I asked myself. And... I was like, man, I. that to me is way bigger opportunity than say, hey, I have my house paid for because I'm paying very little interest. Like every month, I think I see I pay less than $1,000 in interest on getting 500 grand. So literally it cost me to get 500 grand in 2021, cost me less than a thousand bucks a month. And guess what? I'm paying less and less interest every day too. Um, due to amortization. But he goes on here. Let's let's just look. All right. He's got Jim and Donna's house on the left and he's got Bob and Cheryl's house on the right. And so he's talking home value, 350,000 for both uh both homes. Uh the down payment the same, $70,000, which must be the 20%. Loan amount 280,000. Uh and then he shows the interest rate, 2.3 for Jim and Donna, so the first house one we'll call it, and Bob and Cheryl two took out a new rate at 6.5%. Um, so house one, the monthly payment, 1841 bucks. House two, 2439 Um, So, you know, 600 and some dollar increase there. And the total interest paid on house number one over the life of that 15-year mortgage, 51337 House two has 559000 because the interest rates obviously triple. And the total cost of that note, $401,000 on the $350,000 house. And the total cost on um, house two with the higher interest rates, five hundred nine. dollars So almost 
$10,000 gain on that house. And I don't like to talk. So as this is buying a house, right? This is, this is us trying to scrunch every dime and be as conservative as possible. Now, what happens if these are both investment properties? Let's put a $350,000 investment property. Let's do the $70,000. Let's do $280,000. Let's say that this thing is a, let's just call it a duplex. Um, do we care as much about the interest rate? Not really. I mean, we want it low because we can give the higher price, right? Um, maybe this thing always makes sense at, at $330,000, right? Like it only pencils. Um, now, if you knew real estate, you would know that the interest rate doesn't matter. We do like when it goes down because our proper, every percent it goes down, our valuation should go up by 10%. That's kind of a rule of thumb. But do we care that the monthly payment is higher? No, we just underwrite to the higher interest rate and it brings down the property's value from 2122, right? And then if we can get that to pencil, do we really care what the interest rate is? Well, we don't because we already underwrote. We know that like, hey, this is the amount of rent we need to charge. These are the expenses that we have. So this is what we need left over to pay the mortgage payment. Um, and hopefully there's some cash flow at the end of that. That's not likely happening right now. But if like, if you are confused and you are interested about real estate, like I go and get my course on Gumroad. So uh, I think we can link that below, Jen. Um, we'll link that below. And I'm doing some coupon codes on that. If you are interested in real estate and like, how do I underwrite a deal then to look at a duplex that's 350,000 versus a house I'm going to buy? Um, I literally include some spreadsheets, some tools. You can literally take the course in a weekend and be like semi-dangerous in real estate. Um, you know, hopefully go out and crush it. So, um, just message me. You can DM me on any of the social media platforms course. Um, and I'll, I'll get you that coupon code. It's just, you can gift it to somebody, say your son's interested in this, or like someone should take this. Do you think like literally just have them gift this course for Christmas would be the best gift you can give them. Um, they'll get a big financial picture on what it means to invest in real estate and what it looks like. But best of all, you'll understand like what I'm talking about with all these interest rates and monthly payments, instead of you having to pay them in it, I'm trying to get the tenant to pay them and reduce your bills, not increase them through being from a renter to home ownership. I know that's the American dream and I want you to live that as well. I just want you to make sure you're doing it by growing your net worth, um, which I want you to be very tactical on. So, um, and, and so he goes on in this, um, in, in this article, just asking, you know, what is the federal reserve? What is the federal reserve? Well, they basically, they basically control the rate at which inflation is, in, you know, they can dictate interest rates by what the banks borrow at. So if the banks are borrowing at right now at five to five and a quarter, or five and a quarter to five and a half percent, then we know why interest rates, they got a couple spread there. That's why rates are at, you know, seven and a quarter to seven and a half percent. That's why the rates are there. And they can, they need to make a spread on the federal reserves money. So that's why you're seeing mortgage rates at that. Um, and they do it to increase, to cool down the economy. Of course, when they print a bunch of money and uh, some of that money starts hitting our monetary policy and our economy, everything gets really out of control. Um, and they need to lower inflation and, and they need to slow things down. So it's just their lever, right? This is just the government with a lever that says, hey, 
printed too much money. We need to pull the lever back, slow everything down. This is the only lever they really have. Um, there's some quantitative easing and tightening and bonds and all this other stuff, but let's just call it their lever on controlling the economy. Um, and so they raise the rates to slow things down. And when things get in check to 2% inflation, that's always been their guideline. Um, I think it's going to trend to more like three the next decade, which will be a great time to own assets. I don't think it's a great time to own a home, um, but investing in assets and actually growing your net worth will be like one of the best decades ever with all these baby boomers retiring and the transfer of wealth. So, but we do know that at this point in time, and I'm doing this in early December, uh, 23, that we are at a very high, we're at the, we're at the restrictive rate for the federal reserve. So they pulled the lever so hard that they're like, okay, things are slowing. People are losing jobs. Um, the goods are coming down. We got gasoline coming down. You got all these core things. Uh, housing rental growth has slowed down. Things are slowing down and we're trending to get to 2%. All right. So then they're like, if they hold the lever here too long, now people aren't making their payments. Now we're losing too many jobs. So it's very critical that they don't hold the lever too long. Um, and so they, so that's where you've been hearing all this information on, hey, Fed is going to be reducing rates sooner than expected. Why? Because all the data, everything is a lagging indicator, right? They're repeat, they're they're really reviewing October, November, and they're like, okay, things are trending down. They don't really future cast anything, and everything is like a six to eight week lag on their data. And so when they when they lag, um, basically, it got hot. It turned off. oh, it did. Yeah. Okay. Okay, um, it, it basically cools off to the point where um, they, they can finally reduce the lever and they need to stop. They, they can't hold it the restrictive rate too long. Something will break, right? The finances will break. The Great Depression started, the financial crisis. Um, all these different things started, so they need to reduce rates at a... Uh, remember, they stepped them up however many times really quickly and now they need to start dropping them. So... Um, 2024, we're expecting, I've seen four to six interest rate drops. I think we do. I think we'll see them right around the end of Q1 <clears throat> election time. And, and I think we're going to see even more rate cuts as we go into Q2 2024. I think we start seeing maybe two then and maybe even two by the end of the year. So, um, that's what I'm seeing. And, uh, you know, I think my my goal wasn't to disagree with Dave Ramsey. I think it's just whether your are is your goal just to build a home and a comfortable you know deal for your family and continue working till you're 60 and you can retire with hopefully some money in a 401k or is your is your path more in the legacy and you're going to build a net worth page you have one calculated out you maybe you have a financial manager and you're like I don't want to retire just with four million in my 401k when I'm 65 and and live that way. I'd rather live financially free at a faster pace and maybe retire with uh, a bunch of real estate assets under my wing when I'm 40, 45, 50. Um, and I'm just going to continue to rent, use that money, use my mo deploy all my money into renting, uh, sorry, into investing and just rent where I live. I think that is fine either way. 
Um, and I think right now, I would tell you to rent every day of the week. I think homeownership is still way unaffordable. Um, they're going to have to do something drastically for me to change my mind. But um, I think you just need to figure out what path you really want to take. Where do you want to put your $100,000 to work? Um, do you really want to create bigger liabilities for yourself, meaning bills, mortgages, that type of thing, repairs? Or do you want to spend, and time, not only that, but time fixing everything? Or would you rather rent where you, you, know, rent where you live, uh, deploy all your time and all your resources, money, extra money that you would have saving from not doing a mortgage and investing them so you can have a delayed gratification for an early future that you want to live. So guys, thank you for joining me in this one. Uh, we had a little camera issue, but um, you guys should be able to listen to all the audio. Um, I appreciate you and uh, please like, subscribe, share this with somebody. This can help anybody out there that's uh, getting this most asked question answered as in a real estate investor. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you in the next one.